Rainbow readers, and welcome to our mini-sode of new releases for the second half of June. It's just a little tiny baby-sode because it's so tiny. You warned us last time that you felt like some people wanted to go on vacation or something because they front-loaded the <laughs> Yeah, there's only six books for the second half of June. That's it. Well, in that case, at the end of this episode, we're going to include an interview with our good friend from Homebody MN. Remember I invited them on to talk about um, the trick candles from the London Seance Society. So Yes, that'll be awesome. And I super enjoyed that interview. Before that, let's do, let's rock and roll through the second half of June. I love it. Let's go. All right. Starting with June 20th, this one is all, we're all about this. We love this author so much. You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight by Kaylin Bayron. So, Kaylin Bayron wrote one of our favorite, I know it was mine and yours too, our favorite duologies. Yes. The thing about it is, is she normally writes, um, like, retellings. Because she did a Cinderella retelling called Cinderella is Dead, I think. Something like that. And then This Poison Heart and This Wicked Fate. This one is a, like, a slasher. Ooh. Is it YA yeah, or is it, um, do you know? I think it is YA. It okay. says, at Camp Mirror, at Camp Mirror Lake, <gasps> the terror is the name of the game, but can you survive the night? This heart-pounding slasher by New York Times selling best author Kaylin Barron is perfect for fans of Fear Street. Charity Curtis has the summer job of her dreams playing the final girl at Camp Mirror Lake. Guests pay to be scared in this full contact terror game as Charity and her summer crew recreate scenes from a classic slasher film, Curse of Mirror Lake. The more realistic the fear, the better for business. That sounds, that sounds really good. Yeah, and I I actually requested that on NetGalley so very long ago because I wanted to read it so bad. And I haven't gotten it yet, but it doesn't matter because I am going to read that either way. It sounds amazing. Now, they didn't mention Friday the 13th, but do you, like, that has, like, it's reminiscent I think it's of supposed, that. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be kind of campy and it, like, yeah. plays on that. Yeah. Sweet. And yeah. The, the whole final girl trope is one of my very favorites. I love that. Um, I'm gonna yeah, so stay, yeah. stay tuned for that. If you get that. I'm not going to be happy because I've had that sitting there for quite some time. I'm going to put in my little request. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Where Echoes Die by Courtney Gould. In her sophomore novel, Courtney Gould draws readers into the haunting town of back rabble and explores grief, the weight of not letting go of the past, first love, and the bonds between sisters, mothers, and daughters. Her first novel was called The Dead in the Dark, and that's been on my TBR forever. It was supposed to be like a super spooky book about teens that go missing in a town and the girl is from a family of ghost hunters. Oh, yikes. That sounds awesome. So that, sounds, that sounds amazing, too. I heard that was really, really good. And that one also, I love any books about um, mothers and daughters and sisters. I love all of that, like female power. That sounds good. Next, we have Don't Forget the Girl by Rebecca McKenna. We never remember the dead girls. We never forget the killers. Tense and introspective for readers of Megan Golden and Heather Gudenkoff. I actually love Megan Golden. 
Don't Forget the Girl is an astonishing debut thriller that mines the complexities of friendship and the secrets between us that we may have to take to the grave. Yes. No. Yes. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't, we don't see like a lot of like thrillers that are queer. Right. There's like a lot of paranormal and a lot of fantasy and a lot of like contemporary, even rom coms, rom drums, but um, <laughs> I have yet to come across very many, many like actual real thrillers that are queer. And yeah, this like makes a pure me so thriller, happy. you know, like a, yeah, like this, like yeah. this type of thing. Yeah, like twisty and like, that kind of thing and Megan Golden I've read a couple of her books and I absolutely love her so that is that that's for me okay I'm gonna know man I'm, I love why, do you, why do you have me requesting all of these books <laughs> girl I have put myself on a ban I don't, I don't even want to tell you how many net galley books I have I'm so behind I cannot request a single solitary fucking thing all right last for June 20th we have Lucky Red by Claudia Cravens a vibrant and cinematic debut set in the American West about a scrappy orphan who finds friendship, romance, and her true calling as a revenge-seeking gunslinger. Yes. A yes. A thoroughly modern reimagining of the Western genre, Lucky Red is masterfully crafted propulsive tale of adventure, loyalty, desire, and love. That sounds amazing. I love it when they say gunslinging. I love a gunslinger. Hello, Winona Earp. Let's go. Yes, I love that show. Except sometimes they say gunslinger in space and they're liars. I'm not going to call out any names, but sometimes they say that and it's not actually true. They so. said space cowboy is what they said. Oh, is that okay? Did they say gunslinger? We won't say. Let's not talk about it. We won't. No, let's, let's not. But sometimes it is a, it's a bit of a trickery. All right. We only have two more. June 22nd, we have The Rachel Incident by Caroline O'Donohue. Rachel Murray is 21 years old, platonically infatuated with her housemate James, and less than pl platonically infatuated with her enigmatic married English professor, Dr. Byrne. Really? Over the course of a year, as Rachel and James' lives become more and more deeply entwined with those of Dr. Byrne and his perfect wife, Deanie, Tensions rise and a shocking secret threatens everything they hold dear. The Rachel incident is a sharp, poignant, and beautifully told story of losing and finding yourself and the links we will go for those we love. Mm. Yes. yes. And that's set, I think, in Ireland. So I'm all about it. I, I love that. That sounds significant. And it sounds twisty. Like there may yes. be some thrillerish elements there. Yeah. When they said plot twist, they had you. Yeah, they did have me. All right, last but not least, we have June 27th, Charlotte Isles is Not a Detective by Katie Siegel. For anyone seeking to satisfy their Harriet the Spy or Encyclopedia Brown nostalgia. Hello, me. Modern, me. I loved Encyclopedia Brown. I loved it so much. I loved Harriet the Spy. You, yeah, this modern witty debut based on the popular... Um, at Katie Flies Away TikTok series star stars, <clears throat> excuse me, a 20-something former kid detective who's coaxed out of retirement for one last case. That actually sounds really cute. And I can't, Lord help me, we've done so many. I can't remember if this one is like a kid's book or if this is just like 
based on like the encyclopedia brown kind of thing but it sounds good yeah it sounds really good and i'm trying to look it up and see if i can tell yeah i'm having a hard time um it's a no it's adult it's a cozy mystery it's adult lgbt and it's humorous this is also okay checking all the boxes friends all the boxes are being checked yeah the cover is so cute too of course i would say that but that's it for me that that everyone's on vacation i think i wanted to read every single one of the ones from this release i'm for real gonna go request a few of them and then get myself into some (laughs) trouble for june how does that sound that sounds amazing and stay tuned and stick around friends for our interview with homebody mn and if you do want to purchase any of these six books go ahead and look in the show notes for the links or check our website and we're not going to give a shout out at the end of the interview we're just going to leave you after that so we surely hope that you have a great week until we talk to you again And find something to read. Find something to read, friends. Bye. So our listeners will recall that in our Sapphic Supernatural episode, I discussed how I enjoyed the book, The London Seance Society, and had utilized the recipe in the back for the Victorian funeral biscuits to make some cookies for the podcast. You did make those cookies. And I posted a little picture online and everything. And I mentioned at the time that I was going to reach out to Homebody MN because they actually had a recipe for a do-it-yourself three-layer trick candle in the back of the book as well. And so the owner of Homebody MN graciously agreed to join us and discuss this recipe. So welcome. What do you think of the recipe? Hello, everybody. Um, Hello. Yeah, it was fun to see the recipe. I think... In terms of like, would it work and make a candle? Technically, yes. Okay. But there's a a pretty big but to consider with this of it's a soy candle, which is great. I also use soy. Um, It's definitely like a cleaner, burning, better for the environment option. Um, It is also known for being like very challenging to work with. And so, especially with this type of setup where you're like, you're basically making three candles on top of each other. It's known for having something called like sinkholes where basically you pour it, it is liquid, it's great, it dries, and there's like then big holes in it. And you're like, how did this happen? I don't understand. Or has bubbles or whatever it is. And so if you did that and then poured another one on top and then another one on top, like I'm not sure you're going to keep your scents very separate. Like it might be a little chaotic. There's also like different wick sizes that come into play. Um, So if you were just like pick a random wick and throw it in your candle, it might burn an inch outside of that, that wick and then tunnel all the way to the bottom. Um, So basically candle making, there's like a large uh, like research and development kind of process to it. Um, And if you did this DIY one, who knows what you'll get? <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be candle-like. Like, there might be some holes. It might not be, like, very well-separated scents. But it should technically work. So um, it may support a flame for a short period of time. Now, the recipe that they're referring to is, this is a three-layer candle. And the reason that it's a trick is because, reportedly, the Victorian mediums 
or, or spiritualists who were making this candle would put different scents in the different layers. So they would mix these different layers and the one of the layers is going to be a scent that means something to the family of the departed. So they're going to, yeah, they're, they're supposed to, they're trying to trick people. They're going to trick people into, into thinking, thinking it's their loved one, with the deceased. Right. So yes. they're yes. going to add cologne or perhaps the scent of a, a fruit that means something or a, just some fragrance of flower, just something that's going to prompt the loved one to think, Oh, my departed is here. And then the theatrics would start. So it kind of primes the person to think that this is happening. Yeah. And I mean, there's like, there's some interesting truth and science behind just like the strength of smell and memory. Like they're very, very connected things. And so even in the like less magical version of that, of like smelling something of someone you've lost or having a sense that reminds you of them is very common. Like when I was starting this, I had a roommate who I just like got all these scents and was trying all these things and figuring out which ones people like. And there's this like very like normal floral scent. But I was like, okay, most people are like, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't do that much for me. But my roommate hated it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then actually had his sister try it too. And she hated that one too. And we were like, what's going on in this family with this scent? Like y'all must have some association with this scent that you don't like. Um, and so, yeah, like you could definitely mess with people in that way. If you, <laughs> if you knew how to like catch, catch those memories. I don't know about the magical side of things, but the candle making side could potentially work. I would also say with this recipe, it said like use essential oils potentially. Mm -hmm. um, if you did want to make a candle, definitely use a fragrance oil from a candle company. There's a lot of oils that you should not burn. Okay. Good tip. Yeah. Yeah. So like, go ahead, try it. But like, I would say be careful about putting any like people like to put some like dried flowers and stuff in there. Yeah. Doesn't that Don't catch on fire? <laughs> it's a very real risk. <laughs> I would not recommend doing that. I would not recommend just like taking the bottle of essential oils you have around your house and throwing it in and seeing what happens. It's, it's hard like props to you because i love your candle i light it almost every day when i do yoga it's awesome and harder than one might think to make like a decent smelling candle that won't burn your house down yeah goal one was not burning houses down like that was <laughs> right trying not to do that yeah no it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of testing and like even like how much of the the fragrance do you put in that yes thing too because mm. like i imagine that is difficult you yeah you don't want to give everyone a headache and you also right. want people to smell it but like how much do they, they want to like it's this whole thing um so yeah well your candles are are top notch and yeah we've all bought those candles that they say they're going to smell like something and then you burn it and you're like this doesn't smell like anything so we can attest to the perfect amount of scent so i think what we've heard is that the recipe technically would work but my second question was would you see a flaw in the candle would it appear like it had been tampered with it sounds like likely this is going to be an odd looking candle and i think yeah. what we learned is that we should go to homebodymn.com and buy our candles if that's what we want to do enough about <laughs> candles let's chat for a little while about books because i think yes! that is the core of your mission and also our shared interest right so tell us a little bit about your company 
Yeah. So I definitely started with candles um, and then kind of expanded into doing some used books as well. Um, I used to work at a bookstore and was like a used book buyer, which was awesome and super fun. And then got laid off, was doing the candle thing and was like, you know, I missed this. And it's called Homebody MN, right? Like what do homebodies like? Candles and books, right? Like this is not a hard sell. Yes. Um, And so- yeah, decided to do some like subscription boxes where people can tell me what they like and then I can hand pick books based on what they like and send them to them every quarter, which has been super fun. It's like really very much aligned. I like want this business to be a business that is doing good in the world, yeah. which is unfortunately a differentiating factor <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And the used books is a really fun one because it's like, it's way more eco-friendly, like books are already made. You can read a book a ton of times before it falls apart. And so like reusing things, also trying to highlight authors of color and queer authors and trans authors and basically any minority author. Um, it all feels like it fits really well with the mission. And it also means I get to like talk about books and send people books. I get to like match make books for my job. Like that's yeah, I love that. Cool. That's it's so fun. fun. It is like, <laughs> I love that yeah. so much. Yeah, it's kind of like that, um, you know, sometimes you go to the bookstore and you see the books that are wrapped up. It's like the blind date with a book or whatever. That's that's kind of what you're doing. Like, yeah, we'll like and, and making something surprising out of it. Yeah, exactly. Except where it's not just like a blind date. It's like I I set up. Well, I guess that's what a blind date is. But I am choosing. <laughs> you're, you're the matchmaker. You're the matchmaker in this fun. scenario. Yes. <laughs> I'm very much matchmaking um, versus just like sending random books out to people. But yeah, it's it's a fun surprise. I think a lot of people enjoy the like, oh, uh, like the quarterly thing is fun because it's not too much. Like if I sent you two books every month, that seems like a lot of books <laughs> or a lot of candles. Like depends on how much you read. Some people read that much but not everyone does. And so oftentimes once the third month rolls around, people have kind of forgotten about it. And then they show up on their doorstep and it's like, oh, sweet. I get two new surprise books. Like that's a super fun, fun present for them every three months. It's it's like fun to receive things in the mail. And especially if you know that it's been curated just for you, makes Mm -hmm. it even more special. It's like, but it's also a surprise. Yes. Like like, what did they pick for me this time? I know it's it's fun because you do I think you do a good job of you know like thoughtfully picking out books that you think that person will like you did a really good job with that the just mercy actually was a book that I had assigned my children for school so that's a fantastic book yes it's so good it is hard but it is really good well that's really important to us to for me to have as a homeschooler like really focus on authors of color and not whitewashing his like we're super obviously we're like very very liberal so we're super into all of that anyways but like I intentionally especially with anything history or whatever I'm very focused on you know authors of color and all of that kind of thing and I love that book I was like oh yeah we know we know this book it's so good so good yeah excellent choice Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I also like trying to find those books by minority authors is really, it's an interesting challenge, especially in the used book world, because like whatever's current is not what I often see in the used book world. It's often like a a step or two removed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And often people hold on to like, if you have a book by a trans author, you're probably not getting rid of it right. a lot of the time. And so to find those queer books, the trans books, the books written by people of color, like they're much harder to find, but kind of the values that you were talking about of like, these are the voices that we want to be listening to. And we want to have be louder in our worlds and our minds. That's true. And like, that's what I want to help do. So I ended up looking through a lot of really crappy books <laughs> to find hopefully some well, good hard. that I can send we out to people. All the good ones. Like I, I'm trying more to either donate to like free little libraries or even like I, I live in a very affluent suburb of Atlanta. We have our library sales are second to none. They're incredible. Like very, very nice. But also there's just not a ton of like authors of color or queer authors or whatever. And I feel like bad because whenever I donate books to them, I'm I'm donating the crap that I don't want to read. Like the stuff that I love, the books that are particularly close to my heart, I don't I don't want to give away, which maybe is not you've given me something to think about actually, because I'm thinking about maybe I should release those into the world but i was like what if i wanted to read it again and also who's like who's to say that someone's gonna grab it right like that could easily be something that sits at a sale for as long as that sale is and then ends up going wherever it goes after the sale like it doesn't mean that someone's gonna snag it just because you donated it and so like it's hard it's hard to know yeah get those get those voices out there and get that those trees in these books <laughs> utilized to their maximum. Yeah, I think it's really cool that you so tailor it to the person who's requested it. Um, yes. So that that really increases the likelihood that, you know, someone's going to like this book and it's going to be meaningful to them. Yeah, that's the hope. It's, it's interesting for me, too, as I get all this information and I'm like, OK, I think I have ideas. But then I just send it out into the ether and I have no idea how it lands or if people yeah. like it. People are staying subscribed, so that's a good sign. That's but, all do they mean. not tell you they like it or not? <laughs> no. I mean, like, I, I get information on, like, genres that they like. Um, what else do I ask? How much they read generally, things like that. And then from there, I also have just, like, a, a general, like, anything else I should know. So if someone's like, I love queer books, that definitely happens. It's like, people are like, send me all the queer books. And I'm like, okay. Yep. I have... Not a ton of these, but I will do my best. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like I take that information and then I just send it out to them. I don't want people to have to, they can update at any point in time um, their preferences, but the hope is that they just like fill it out and then forget about it until they want to make any changes. That's cool. So do you exclusively focus on marginalized read like authors or do you like get straight books? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I get all sorts of books. Um, I, like I said, like I ask a few questions whenever people sign up so I can try get a better sense of what they're looking for. If there's someone who was like, I only want non-straight authors, then like that, that is information that I will use. But yeah, I try and get good books with an emphasis on minority authors. Um, and there's, a lot more good books with less minority authors out there and accessible right now. Um, and so like, I, I do my best to like, I grab all the minority authors I can find that I think are 
writing good books or at least look like good books because I have not read all of them as much as that would be awesome. That yeah, would right. be <laughs> a lot of books to read. Impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton. There's a ton out there. And so it's like, okay, like I am making educated guesses very frequently, but having worked at a bookstore, having done this for a while, I feel like I have a general sense of like kind of where to point people. Um, and then I, I also do read books. So that also helps to help me like have ideas for certain people, um, of what they might enjoy more. But yeah, that's that's kind of like the general process. It's very much an art, not a science. Um, so AI can't come after me. I no, can't. but that's what makes it fun. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Who yeah. is your favorite author or what's your favorite book right now? I, for me, it changes right every like in five minutes. So what is the yeah. book you've read lately? It's a good question. I read, this is uh, not a minority author, The Circle by Dave Eggers. I don't know if you've heard about it. I uh, have heard of it. Yeah, I it kind of blew my mind a little bit because it was just like talking about social media and like an advanced world of that. I really enjoy books that kind of like make me think about the world in a different way. And so mm -hmm. often that is fantasy where like fantasy has taken something to an extreme. So like another author that I really enjoy is Kim Stanley Robinson because he writes fiction about climate change essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, okay, I'm going to like write about New York in 2140. And what's New York look like? Well, most of it's underwater. So what's yeah. that? Look like? <laughs> uh, and so the social media one was really interesting to be like, okay, what, what does it look like to work in this company? That's kind of like, it starts by being this ability to, it tracks like your identity in a way that makes it so you don't need the username and password for anything on the internet anymore. Which is awesome. But then it can like kind of keep lumping all these things in and just kind of has a ton of data on you, takes a lot of information in. And it's just really interesting to kind of like explore those worlds and imagine how those impacts would play out in the less like mainstream or less straight author. Eh, I don't actually even know that these are straight authors, but in the like, <laughs> queer and trans world of things um definitely loved red white and royal blue that was a great i can are you do you know what's happening this summer do you know i've seen i've seen the do you fucking know <laughs> the thing is though like what if they don't do it no, right you no, know? shut up shut your dirty mouth no <laughs> i shall hear nothing of it it'll be like, i know stop. this isn't this is not a hall up holly's alley okay yeah, i haven't yeah. read the book but you have not read the book. Good. You should Holly, read. It's not my vibe always, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's my fucking vibe. <laughs> so my vibe. But but <laughs> listeners, it is not YA. It looks YA. It's That's... not YA. No, I actually <laughs> chili would, peppers, I... right? They're chili peppers. <laughs> it's um it was but it it's seems like it's YA. Yeah, because it's the cover. It's the it's cover. cover. It's and it's like the first like chunk of it. You're like, cool, why a cute love story? And then it's like chili peppers. <laughs> I mean, look, y'all know how I feel about the chili peppers. Like I'm, I'm here and all, like I am an equal opportunity. I, I like all the chili peppers. I'm not fetishizing or anything because I like it all in all the ways. But this book is not for children. 
No. And they they kind of, I feel like there's a little bit of a rope-a-dope there with like, oh, this is so good. And Casey McLisson does, has written. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know what? The last stop is actually not YA either. Oh, no. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, that la- the last Paul's stop. Had, Paul's had beef about that book. It was the cleanliness aspect of it, if you'll recall. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. These, but a lot of people in that book right. needed to wash their hands is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> got, but, it, got it. <laughs> but I loved red, white, and royal blue. Is actually I know it's super cliche. I'm like some fucking straight housewife liking. Okay, whatever, straight-ish. But I fucking loved that book. It makes me feel so good. I actually have the audio too that I like to. It just makes me feel happy. And some shit is bleak right now. Yeah. The world is burning to the fucking fucking ground. And I just need yeah. something to make me feel happy inside and not be like, everything is horrible. It's what is the world. And it's yeah. just good and pure. And it makes me so happy. And I can't wait to see the, the movies coming out halls in August. I will, I'll it's definitely. Your, yeah. It's, it's like, I think it's coming out on Amazon, but even the fucking poster for the movie, it's so cute. It's, it's really so good. Cute. It's a really good one. Have you all read Heartstopper then? Oh, Heartstopper's adorable. I love Heartstopper so much. Okay, you'll like Red, White, and Royal Blue then. It's Heart- similar. Heartstopper has all of my affection. That was so cute. <laughs> it's so I cute. didn't see I didn't watch that though. It's like mm. um it's a graphic novel and then also it was yeah. on Netflix, I think. It was on Netflix. Oh, uh, that was both were amazing. So yeah, good. I That's only watch it if I've read it. So and I haven't read it yet. Well, you should yeah. just go ahead, go ahead and watch it because it's 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 really good. Also, like it will take you a day to read the yeah. whole series. They're yeah. graphic novels, so Adorable. you don't have to save too much time for it. But yeah, and my hope is that Red, White, and Royal Blue is done as well as Heartstopper was done because mm-hmm. um, yeah. they're both really good. important books to have like done well and have represented well. Totally agree. I feel like we could just like talk about queer books all day, but I don't we could. Well, yeah. and there's a whole bunch of new ones coming out in June that are exciting. Amazing. And also May is a pretty big May is a pretty big month too. April, yeah, May, and June have cool. all been really impressive. You know, based on these numbers, we really have seen some it, it, either the publications are getting more press or there are more publications. So I wonder how that's going to trickle down to you at some point. Um, yeah, that's my hope is my hope is I'll like see in three years, hopefully less, but like in like three years, just a ton of books that yeah. are queer and trans and like racial minorities and all these things, because I, it does seem like there has been more attention to that. And so that's great. I'm I'm super excited about like all the gay romance is going to be written. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you like the filth? The what? Do you like the filth of the chili peppers? Mm, in general in books? Yeah. I would say romance is not my top genre, but like gay stuff makes everything better. It's like yeah. gay dating shows. Y'all watch any gay dating shows? They're so oh, much better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's do. one that's good. It is called Are You the One? And the point of this show, you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit because supposedly <laughs> relationship experts have figured out everyone's perfect match and they're all together 
trying to figure out their perfect matches with each other. The then this is all gay. The straight version sucks, but there's one season where every person is gay. There's like a few trans people, everyone's gay. And like the straight people are just like mean to each other. It's a dating show, right? They get drunk, they have fights, this stuff. But but the gay one is super sweet because they actually like help each other learn more. Like, oh, that's so nice. What is this on? It looks like it's on Hulu. It's season eight on Hulu and Paramount Plus. And if you have a YouTube primetime subscription, whatever that is. Hmm. Um, Holly, you have that, don't you? I do not have the prime, whatever, the fancy version. (laughs) I have just the regular version that you still have to pay for. The loser version? The (laughs) mediocre version. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's called, the loser version. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, go look for a really fun one. It's like very, very sweet, and like there's like a trans guy that does a tea shot or a testosterone shot on on the show. Where oh, like, nice! Oh, wow! So true really representation. That's amazing. And like cool to see, and like non-binary people. It's it's way more fun than all of the other seasons of it, in my opinion. <laughs> You're talking I me can... watching a dating show. Who knew? I know. And read a, a rom-com book too. <laughs> what the hell is going on on this podcast no. right now? So I feel like so, I'm being ganged you, up on. If you read the rom-com though, I will get shit. I will get blowback from that because you'll be like, what the hell are you telling me to read? <laughs> that that oh, whole man. thing happened at Christmas when I was like, let's do a whole show on Christmas rom-coms. And she's like, the fuck I was, was upset. This? yeah uh yeah if you make it gay maybe but like even yeah they're they're all gay oh they're all gay yeah they're super gay that's all i read yeah you don't you don't read any straight books Mm, no no me straight characters are the diversity of them yeah that's right (laughs) that's great i mean the world's moving in that direction let's be honest that's how my world looks (laughs) It's just me that's covered up with the straightness over here. Right. I mean, it's it's a flaw. It's my it's my fatal flaw. The thing is, like, we need everyone to be like open minded and supportive, right? Like, especially for me as a trans person, like, allies are so important. Correct. Because I, this happens less now as I've like transitioned more and passed better, but like. It is so much harder for me to tell someone what my pronouns are or like have someone be like, hey, you're messing this up. Like having an ally be able to do that is so beneficial and it saves me so much struggle to do that and to like have other people help have those conversations, especially right now in the political climate for trans people. Like, yeah, it. I can't talk about trans rights in a rational way because it's not a rational conversation it's a personal and emotional conversation right and like sure logic is there and i can consider that and all that but like it is very hard for me to stay in the zone of logic because it doesn't stay in the zone of logic and so like if you as a straight person can be more accessible for someone else to like talk through their concerns about trans kids like getting forced to be on hormones which is like one not a thing for so many reasons because like there's a lot of checks and balances and two even if a kid was like 
interested in hormones, they typically don't have access to those until after they are much older. And the considerations are typically puberty blockers to prevent hormones. Um, like if someone else can have that conversation for me, that's huge because that hurts me so much less. So like, well, go and, be I'm, a and go do it. Like, well, that's a true ally. Say this. That's her right there. <laughs> Holly said, I think one time that I'm the alliest ally on the part. <laughs> right. and, then, and I feel like it's my duty also as a mom, like I am raising the most ferocious Gen Z kids that you can ever imagine. Like my son and daughter both have friends that are queer and non-binary and they will knock the person out if you do not use their correct pronouns. And I mean, like, especially my daughter, she is like, she's tough. And I mean, she will like, just, she takes no fucking shit that I am raising kids that are going to go out into the world and fucking burn the shit to the ground. And they're going to be the ones that, that changed the world. I mean, both of my children are Gen Z and they're fierce and ferocious allies. Like nothing I have ever seen. That can be my contribution to the world as I am sending these fucking badasses out into the world. Yes, we need and our allyship. And it's really important also for them to like have spaces that they can go and be themselves in too, right? Like whether or not these kids end up being allies or trans or queer, whoever, like I go out in the world and I look for people like you with your giant rainbow flag cape or whatever <laughs> the equivalent of that is. Like when I interact with strangers as someone who's like very open in my transness, typically in my day-to-day -day life, I actively look for those signals that like, I'm good. Like, am I safe to tell you this? Right. Because in my day-to-day -day life, this is something I make jokes about. This is something I regularly like, one time I outed myself because I was talking to someone about a roommate in college my freshman year who was female. And they were like, oh, weird. They like do mm -hmm. cross gender roommates at that school. And I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, because at the time I was female and like now I'm not. And so like having those spaces where, you know, like you don't have to think that hard about it is really important. And that can be like definitely having queer and trans people helps create those spaces, but straight people can be very, very central in that as well. You need like, you need those places where you can be okay and you can feel safe. And also you need those people that you can say, Hey, I can't go to this March or I can't go do this thing because it hurts too much for me to like be this close to this. Can you, as someone who is a step removed, do this on my behalf? And that can be a huge, huge range of things. Like that doesn't have to be a march. That can be, I don't know, like Googling to get information about something. Like, I don't know. There's a huge range of things. Um, and so just keep doing it. We need, we need allies and we like need those allies to help create space so that there can be a ton more queer and trans people in the next generations, because it seems like that's happening and that's awesome. And like, at the end of the day, we're trying to like make space for people to be who they are like i'm super pumped that minnesota like where i live just passed a trans refugee thing i don't know exactly what it's called but basically people can move here if they are trans and like we are a safe place nice. that's really awesome last time we talked to you all we're like fair fair fight fair fight is doing like all this great work in georgia about voter 
like engagement and all that. And I was like, sweet, donating 5% now there. <laughs> like that's this year's donating 5%. I feel really good about those kids that are queer and trans and like super allies that are going and fighting for this stuff because they're turning 18 and they're going to yeah. go vote. I feel very hopeless inside about this. That's why books are important. Hey, watch me circle right back around. Do you like that? Books are important because they give us hope and they can, you know, when things are shit, just, you know, sometimes you got to read a book and make yourself feel a little bit better about the fucking world that's flaming around you. And like read in a world where it's not flaming. Yes. Flamingly gay. And you're like, wow. You're like, everyone in this book is gay. I want to go live there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It literally presents us other options. Right. And so to see those worlds and feel what those worlds feel like and then be like, okay, that's not the world I live in. But like, can I help push the world that I live in closer to that? A little more toward that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Look, I've I've brought us full circle, friends. Good job. I want to remind our listeners to go to homebodymn.com. And use our discount code RAINBOW25 to save 25% on their book subscription. I got some candles, too. You even have one that says ally on it with a trans flag. So. We love that one. I'm so surprised. That's amazing. <laughs> Seems yeah. like it might be up for Allie. <laughs> yeah, it that is. so cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate yeah. chatting with you. Thank you for having me. So it's much. Fun to be on a podcast and chat about books and much more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, take care of yourself. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.